Space Cave. I'm David Huntsberger. A big warg to all of you. And let's get right into it with the completion, the continuation of my chat with Dave Clock at Dave Clock, I think. Or no, K Man Worldwide on Twitter and then on Instagram, which is really where you should be checking him out. Uh, and no offense to Dave if you're listening, but his Twitter's a lot of puns. <laughs> if you love puns, follow K Man Worldwide. But if you like beautiful art uh, produced at a staggering pace, you're gonna love you're gonna love Dave Clock on Instagram, and hopefully you enjoy him just as much with his uh, soft, thoughtful way of speaking. I think he's a good podcast guest because his voice is very soothing. And anyway, here's part two with our chat talking about art, screen printing, the nature of all of it, and and the button, the inevitable button. Enjoy. You just told me the strangest thing. And we've known each other for quite some time. Sure. You can just will yourself. To, we're not having uh, beer now with the second episode uh, because you you're one beer drunk. Should it come? Should it be? If the if the environment is is right. But should I invite you to ve- to a very sophisticated work related party? And my boss is going to be there. And don't you embarrass me, David. It's literally just public. Just being in public. I don't think I've ever been drunk at a bar before. What if you are drunk at home, people show up? Does it sober you right up? Strangers come into a home that you are in? That definitely could be the case. But I don't think I've ever randomly welcomed anyone into my house. Do <laughs> yeah. you think that's the case? Has that I, ever happened to you? I'm thinking of like, uh, maybe you're at like an Airbnb or something to that effect. And then you think some people are coming the next night, but it turns out they're coming this night. And then you're there having a drink you get a little drunk because you're alone and you've had your one beer and now all of a sudden they go hey we're here early and it's strangers and now it's become public and you have to shake it off such a crazy scenario i mean it's (laughs) somewhat feasible dave i think i'll be sober for the rest of my life based on that just the fear (laughs) of that happening i know i could avoid it by just not using airbnb yeah that is true that is true well, I couldn't crack that uh, that code. Couldn't get you to admit that you do enjoy craft beer and that what you what you make in the poster world is essentially uh, you are a microbrewery. You are a micro print shop that makes very very you know it's uh, cared for, crafted work, but. You don't want to have any distinction to otherwise loft you or elevate you in a way that would seem pretentious. Yeah. It's it's the battle of your Midwestern humble origins versus the field you've effectively gotten into. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of an analogy. I think I would be the guy who makes the craft brew equipment. Mm-hmm. That's not true, though. That's not what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I make posters for bands. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing to you can't spread it in every different direction. That's no. all it is. Yeah, 
poster bands, which come from a long lineage of that's cool, that's punk rock, that's hand done. Cool to me. That's why I do it. That's beginning and the end. It's never stopped being cool. The first time that I got ink to go through a screen, cool feeling. And then you watch YouTube videos and it's like women going to Joanne's Fabric and hand making screens and putting things on, you know, doilies or whatnot. You go, oh, anyone can do this. This isn't specifically... Uh, set aside for just like punk rock people the screen printing department in my art school was not part of the printmaking Mm -hmm. department it was part of the fibers department yeah they do a ton of that right and so many different ways to do it i have a friend and and she just kind of goofs with it but she'll just take emulsion and just kind of draw it on silk and then just see what comes through and do like negatives of things right so yeah it's a very crafty kind of thing to get into but for whatever reason when you're in a dingy garage and there's paint and crap everywhere and it's you, you got to pull a chain to turn on the light and it swings around and <laughs> you got maybe a little radio in the corner like kicking out some sort of tunes and you're there just printing away then you reach over for that crappy light beer which is delicious because you've earned it that feels very like yeah i'm a screen printer you bet and I, there's, I think the aesthetics of it, if you if you had to do it otherwise, you're like, oh, I got to go to the mall to pull some prints. It wouldn't feel as cool. Right. Like, Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's brightly lit. It's very clean and austere in there. And it's exact same process. I pour ink and I pull it. But now nah, you want the feel. You want it to be somewhere like I got to walk down some rickety stairs to get yeah. to what I'm doing. Something like that. My new shop's nice. It's not dangerous at all. No, it's cool. And you share it with other people. It's a very right. art sort of... Uh, dynamic in there but everyone came from literally we all had a shop before this that just felt like a living bullet wound yeah it was awful that sucks so this when are you guys gonna do the like opening thing we're gonna do it tomorrow but we moved it because on the 30th of june there's something called chinatown nights ah and it's like no it's good oh yeah we want to be a part of traffic yeah yeah exactly everyone opens their doors and pedals their wares Mm -hmm. and we're right in the thick of it heads up with the table bagging oh hear it Sorry. Thank, thank goodness. You got. I, I realize you're not wearing your headphones. You couldn't possibly hear it. Couldn't know. You told me I should be tapping on them? <laughs> Tap on them cans, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Tap on them cans. Yeah, wish if, if you would, just check up, <laughs> tap on them cans. Where's the future go? Where is this still going to be a viable thing? I mean, we've talked about this. Like the You've created how many prints at this point? A couple thousand? You mean individual unique images? Yeah. I'd say 600. 600? No way. Because sure. that would be... 350 Meltdown posters. Yeah. That means 250 band posters. I guess that would be five years. It hasn't been gone five years, but that would only be been one a two. week. Two years. Two in October. So you do two or three a week. No, that's nuts. But I did stuff concurrently with Meltdown. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I didn't do exclusively Meltdown for the, those years. So I come to you. I want an 18 by 24. You choose the colors. Or I just say, I want this. I want a, something to do with dragons. You go, Are you a band? I'm a band. I'm going to be in town. I saw your work. Yeah. How does the process work? Actually, I, they see your Instagram or they email you. They know the meltdown. Where does it come from? A mixture of all those. That's why I try to just saturate the hell out of things. <laughs> yeah. And then how much of this stuff you've been on other podcasts? How much of this? What, what's typical that you talk about? The process, where, where it comes from? Talk about on what? A podcast? Yeah. Like what, what part of your thing is, what part of your, how you do your work is the like the least fun to talk about? That's what I want to get into. I think it's all unfun to talk about. I do a visual thing. Yeah. I do a very monotonous visual thing where the only thing that moves is my arm. 
Yeah. You know, I'm usually in shorts and the shirt I slept in and I'm in sandals or no, no foot covering Mm -hmm. just surrounded by my own detritus. So you make all these things sound negative, but say I have a magic wand. I can change one thing. Uh What would you change? Full head of hair. (laughs) No, it has to do with your space where you work, your, your operation, bigger space, more space, more things. What, What would you want? Isn't it all kind of perfect how it is? I can't, I can't think of a better answer than flat air. <laughs> uh, I have no complaints about my space. Okay. I can never visualize something better until I see it. But it seems like you're one of those people that is always just slowly trajectoring toward better things. Like, do you have goals and quantifiable sort of places you'd like to be at certain positions? I don't have goals, but you can always tell when bigger bands are getting a hold of you. Mm-hmm. but I don't know why that happens. It's good work. Yeah. You make a nice craft beer. <laughs> but I'm not knocking on their door and saying, take a sip. Yeah. No, that's not how anything works. All of the good things get passed around. Right. And then people go, have you tried this beer? Right. It's, exact, it's exactly the same. Yeah. The thing, the beauty of what I do is that I do, I make something that someone else is paying me for so that they can make money. You know, if I do my job well, they sell out of what I did. And they still have to hustle it somewhat. So I'm going to do something, give it to them. I'm going to post it, and then they're going to post it. And that's when other people will post it. They'll buy it, and they're happy they received it, and then they post it. And then just got it framed, they'll post it again. You know, and it's like, throwback to this poster. And it's just like, you've created something that doesn't just stop moving once you're done with it. It continues. I see now why you say you'd be the guy that made the equipment behind the scenes. Because I think you like to fashion yourself. And it's not that far off from a guy that like, when you think of someone just in the back room, just pulling that lever and then the thing comes out of the machine and you just hand it and put it on the pile. And someone every now and again comes by and takes the pile and you just, all you keep doing is just cranking that lever and putting the thing on the pile. And it's, hey, I'm just part, I'm just doing this little, and I just happen to like this part of it. You know, that when we think of that guy as sitting in the back in one of those old like Disney commercials, just yeah. doing it over and Kamaji over. Kamaji from Spirited Away? Haven't seen it. Oh, I've seen Spirited Away. Can't remember that part though. He's the like eight armed guy who runs the steam room. Oh, okay. He's got all the levers and gears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes bands, I'd say half the time, uh, smaller bands will hit me up and say, what's your rate for art? Or do you have any art lying around we can have? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I didn't make that for you. Yeah. You know, like, sure, maybe I might, but it's because it got rejected and I don't want to see it again. Mm -hmm. You don't want my garbage. I don't want you to have my garbage. Yeah. So I don't know. I remember one of the junk shows you came to, I had printed on the back of another poster just because I hated the idea of wasting it. And I was also like, I don't care. And then I think Emily Rose said that you were like, oh, I think about doing that all the time. But there must be like a threshold or a line that can't be crossed. We're like, nope, this thing is its own thing. Yeah. It can't become this other thing. can't become repurposed. Or Whereas I, I don't know if I, I would toss out the idea to them to a certain degree. If I had made an art print, 150 roses, let's say, and I didn't have a band name on it, uh-huh. it didn't sell. And a band called and said like, hey, we happen to like this image. It fits our album. Can we buy it to use as our album cover? Can you put our name on it? Would would those would it then start to murk the waters a little bit? If I did that, I wouldn't be proud of it. I would hope to move on quickly. Yeah. So you'd you'd be making a back alley deal of like I hope no one finds out about this. I still have shit tons of bills to pay. Yeah. You know. <laughs> 
But it's funny that like who who would be criticizing you for that? Because I don't know enough to say like why would you do that, Dave? But well, there's this guy that would? sits with me every time I do anything. It's just me, <laughs> and no matter how loud I play my music, he's as you loud as hell. So where does it come from that? Because you. In college, I know you had the punk fraternity. Or yeah. no, no, so the metal, metal frat. Metal frat. And <laughs> Very close, leftward shift. Punk <laughs> fraternity. <laughs> Wait, so you had like the, just the, your overall makeup or whatever. I feel like there's a code of ethics from the people you surround yourself with that that's how everyone is. When I'm on stage, I picture five people who are never there, but they're in the back of the room. They're just in my head. If I make a certain joke that they would go, ah, come on. Yeah. You know, you're just always playing to them. Yeah. You mu- you have that as well. Standards. But then if you ask them directly, if you're Dave Clock, mm-hmm. standards and practices, and you say, absolutely not. Yeah. But then you tell someone, I did this band contacted me and I had this art print and, and they'd go, oh, great. Maybe people don't really care. Uh, there's a couple of printers here in town, little friends of printmaking. Mm-hmm. And they would care. They wouldn't care, but I literally can say, like, what would little friends do? Oh. Everything they do is incredible. Everything, everyone they work for that I see, I'm, like, impressed. Yeah. And the way they handle themselves, I'm like, that's the best. I just, I, you know, I, if I ever get to a point like that, I could be like, would I be uncomfortable telling little friends I did this? Yeah. Are you that way with little things in life? I'm trying to think of a good example. Really nail it as much as my Airbnb was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you have, like, say you've, oh, this is a reach, but say you've made your bed. I don't even know if you make your bed. A lot I of do. people don't. So you make your bed and you get everything together and then you find out that there was this slip you're supposed to put over the mattress. Oh, do I do it again? And you go, oh, can I just maybe try to like lift up a corner of the fitted sheet and slide it up in there? Or knowing like, it's not the quickest way, but it's for sure the most efficient. I'm not gonna have wrinkles or ruffles under that fitted sheet. I gotta just take it all off and do it right. Right. What's your method there? You look at your day. That's three minutes to do it right. Mm-hmm. And the only reason you wouldn't is because you feel defeated having hit that point. Yeah. But three extra minutes of doing bed work is no big deal. I think with a lot of people, what it is, is three minutes of work that you have already done. Right. So the equity that paid out of that was essentially zero from the first time. And the wasted feeling of like, oh my God, I just drew this print. And I printed off one of my films at the wrong ratio So now every print is screwed up. I got to go back. I can lose this color and and the print will still look kind of okay. And maybe no one will notice. They'll think that relief white space is supposed to be there. But I'll know that's all supposed to be full of yellow. But I goofed up the yellow screen or film. So then you would say, no, go back and do it again. Reformat the yellow print, print it or the film, print that out, reburn your screen and get back to work. Yeah. And that's... To me, a lot of what screen printing is from the limited thing I have with it, which is just like the work you've done doesn't mean that like, yep, it all checks out. Here you go. You might have to redo entire phases from start to finish. That's the worst part. (laughs) But are you good enough now? I assume so that you avoid those little pitfalls. Ideally. You know, there's Mm -hmm. like a with screen printing, there's such a massive mental checklist. Mm Mm-hmm that gets smaller and smaller as you go on because all those things become routine. Yeah. It's still a checklist, but you're like, you can take for granted that you brought ink, (laughs) you know? Yeah. What's the last like major mistake you had? A lot of mistakes I have are come from the cutter. 
I'll hand it off to a cutter mm-hmm. and I'll get back something that's off in one direction or another, like a half an inch. Yeah. Which is a ton. Yeah. Yeah. You did my, um, Edinburgh flyer. And I, when I got it printed, I think I showed you this, that like they had the margins way off. So mm-hmm. the top was like an eighth of an inch and the bottom was like an inch and a half. Yeah. And I had to take photos of it and they tried to push back and be like, nope, we printed it. And I was like, look, here's the PDF. It doesn't look like that. Right. And that just, you feel like in a place like that where they're printing off thousands a day, they can just go, no, 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 that wasn't us. Or, but also just go like, we, if we goof up 3%, we're still making a ton of money. And if you're in that 3%, like I was, you're so disappointed. Like, yeah, oh, this looks terrible. My friend just did, my shopmate just did 500 uh, four color prints with it was a full full color image left to right with a one inch white border mm-hmm. he took it to the cutter this was 18 by 24 they cut to the border they cut yeah. that border off they thought that that was the cut oh gosh Ugh. so instead of having an 18 by 24 print which every poster is <laughs> yeah they made it a 17 by 22 yeah and with it, a funky no border we- it just looks weird it, you yeah almost have to right go to, a, to the color yeah you gotta like go to a frame shop to get a little relief from it or put a little right you could float it yeah Ugh. so what do you do they give him some money back he yeah i i got i didn't give him the job but that com- contact he had was someone i knew and mm-hmm. i was like this this guy's cool he will understand he will understand it uh but be honest don't just ship it and hope that no one notices yeah when you're you're drawing, you have the idea. You're like, all right, I want to do this snake that's coiled this way, and it's layered and coming apart, and then it sort of spills into this guy's head, and then the eye is this thing. And can I use that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is like an amalgamation of an a number of kind of Dave Clock esque things. Yeah, I like the. There's always because studied medical originally wanted to be like a medical guy medical illustration yeah so it always has hands and arms and striations and yeah. muscle things tendony things there's always something where p- things are sort of pulling apart it yeah. feels like a lot of times which is that just a, i would imagine because in books you got to pull it apart and show the different like as if you made slides for a microscope uh-huh. maybe where that comes but i also feel like even though you won't admit that you are anything but an illustrator it's the thing that is artistic where like people look at it and go, what is he saying there? What does this mean? It's something. It's such a cop out, but like everything I draw, I draw because you can do whatever with it. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm drawing something that looks like a snake and it's not a snake, it's because I wanted it to be a snake and I didn't want to draw scales. Yeah. Or a head. Well, here's where I have a theory that you're going to, you have no choice but to debunk. Okay. But I feel like you and I both have an affinity for people that really hold their ground if mm-hmm. they have some principles. And especially if those are like Edward Hopper is someone I always reference as a watercolor guy because mm-hmm. they would interview him and he'd be all prickly and they'd say like, we could just tell us about your life. And he'd go, the man is in the art. Just, oh. That was it. Like anything you need to know about me, you'll find in these paintings. But I think that maybe what he was saying by saying that is like, I'm not going to tell you about me or the paintings. Uh-huh. They are just things that exist. What an interview get. Good <laughs> 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 yeah. secured that Hopper interview. Damn it. <laughs> that guy. So grouchy. Oh, I'll break him. You've got your list of what to talk about with two big things crossed <laughs> off right at the top. So Ed, real quick, uh, tell us about this painting. No. All right. <laughs> How you doing? Mm-mm. <laughs> How's the drive here? Let's talk. (laughs) 
But I, I think when artists, you, biographies, things after the fact, where it takes a team of, you know, forensic people or archaeologists of the art to peel it apart and go, and this corresponds with this that was happening in their life. This represents this, and then and they're just guessing. They go, we have some this entry. We have a little book of quotes that he wrote. Maybe this means something, but otherwise, he took it with him. We don't know what any of this means. But other times, maybe they write a memoir or they give one interview and they say, what I was saying there is that was my soul. Or they give it away and you're like, I wish you hadn't told me. I like thinking of it (laughs) as this. But I think once you make up your mind that I'm never going to say, I'm never going to say, even if it is or is not art, I'll never even say that. I got to just be so objectively committed to I'm not going to say that that's what we're dealing with here. That's that's you and your recalcitrant uh, inability to say you know why you're an artist and or not an artist. Yeah, because you've committed to it. You have to. But after a while, doesn't that just become the truth? Yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of it. Then I'm standing with it. Yeah. And also, you're right. Just completely. <laughs> also, recalcitrant. A great word. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and oddly enough, it's the I learned the word recalcitrant based off of a fitted bedsheet. No way. Yeah. Wow, this conversation's really come around. Someone said, the corner keeps popping off this fucking recalcitrant bedsheet. And ah. I went, go on. <laughs> and they told me what that meant. And I was like, oh, wow. <sighs> so you mentioned bedsheets. Yeah. There you go. I'm glad that little um, nugget there ended without a pun, because I thought you were setting me up for something there. I thought you'd walk me down one of your little... <laughs> I've, I've left a lot of those bags along the road. <laughs> I'll pick them up later. <laughs> Has it just been killing you? I don't want to take away your enjoyment of puns. I mean, I, I leave them. Here, people don't believe me when I say this. I make them in my head, and I'll make, I'll be able to make them later. It might be ten years later. Mm-hmm. They're right there. They they live in a little shelf. You bet. They never get the light. Never gets turned off. Right. It's like oh, I have a good joke. If someone named Nathan offers me a hot dog, <laughs> well, I'm, I'll wait. Right. No, it's deeper than that. Oh, it's deeper. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you think that there's an obvious one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lay it on me. I don't have, like, I'm just saying that's oh, an example. that's an example. Okay. Yeah, you gotcha. think that I'd be making a really obvious bun, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if one I of those should. Say what? I said bun. Oh God. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I knew it got missed and it wasn't good. I should not have <laughs> rang that bell. Dave, Dave, I said bun. I said bun. <laughs> Okay, so that that feels like I I commit I admire your commitment to to like you can, even if it is or is not you can't in any way it can't get pierced. Well, okay, I'll give you this. I would always rather something be clever than meaningful because mm-hmm. if it's clever, you either get it or you don't. But you can enjoy it if you don't. Yeah, yeah. If it's got meaning and you don't appreciate the meaning then you can't really like it. Yeah. But you can, I could also say that just about me. I drew, there's a phase. I mean, I don't know why. I drew like 10 of these over the course of a year or something. And I think I was just like living alone, being in my car a lot, traveling around doing like road comedy. And, but like images of things that just seemed like, oh, that, that's compelling to me. And then after you draw it, you're like, this feels like an eighth grader would draw it or something. It just feels like an art person would come and see it and be like, that's embarrassing. One of which, though, I always thought was pretty was just this, like a plant or a flower that was, its stalk was curving over and it was facing the ground, 
but inside where like the the heart of the flower would be the petals are wrapped around it was a city and so that's a stupid thing but like there's something to Why that is that stupid <laughs> it just seems it seems like something it seems like it's all meaning uh-huh. and maybe it is it, it struck me as kind of that's what society is is just this dying flower mm-hmm. and it doesn't realize that it's not facing the sun anymore. It's slowly descending toward the ground. Mm-hmm. And so I liked that concept just, I guess, because the meaning. But I was always kind of embarrassed, like, if someone caught that, if they saw that and be like, that is so pathetic. You're like a little kid. But I just, I don't know. I needed to draw it. I wanted to draw it. And so there is definitely a safety in never divulging if there is meaning. Right. Because even, even if someone heard me say what I just said, and I'm like, that's not dumb. I would feel like, it's dumb. And if someone said that's dumb, I'd go, you're right. Right. Now I'm with you. Mm-hmm. That's why I would never. Say. Yeah. Some of these things have meaning to me, but why would I have to tell anyone that? Yeah, yeah. I like it. So you can always, well, your secret's safe with me. Thanks. Sure, buddy. What I was getting at about the Dave Clock-esque thing with the snake, skull, layers, etc. When you're hatching it in your head, you start sketching it, and then you just get kind of a loose thing. And then you're inking it, and it's really starting to come together, and... Do you see it all? Or as you're drawing, you're like, oh, what if this line went there? What if this? And you start pulling it where you want it to go as you're drawing it? Uh, so, like, right now, I'm working on this Primus poster. One of my favorite Primus songs is a song called Southbound Pachyderm. Uh, I don't know any of the lyrics. It's been one of my favorite songs for 20 years. For some reason, I've just never looked them up. Mm-hmm. But the music video is a great, as all their music videos are, claymation video of a flying elephant with wings nice it's got big plane wings mm-hmm. it doesn't have like dragon wings oh sure okay. it's got plane wings attached to it yeah and it's about to get shot by no it's a just a regular elephant about to get shot by you see the scope of a hunter mm-hmm. a poacher and right as he's about to shoot it it gets picked up by a bigger elephant with wings on but then it brings it back to this lair and in, and drops it into the lair and you think it's going to be like all elephants but it's just other poachers <laughs> And they've got like rhinos and stuff. And they've like, this elephant with wings is not a good elephant. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I guess I was like, you know what? I love drawing elephants. That is such a cool image of just like a big elephant with gnarly wings on it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm just going to draw that. So I just found an angle I wanted to see an elephant drawn at. And then I was like, it's big, but how can I tell it's big? All right. So I drew some little elephants down by its feet. And then I was like. All right, it's got wings. Where do the wings come from? All right, well, maybe it's like got a full like suit. Mm-hmm. You started drawing that. And then I was like, but where is it? I don't want to draw trees. So I drew clouds and then I put it on sand. And I was like, why is it out in the desert? And I'm like, oh, because there's like some little dudes working on it, like building this whole contraption. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, great. I've got smaller elephants for scale, even smaller people for scale for those elephants. Nice. Which make the elephant, the first elephant, even bigger. And then you're done. <laughs> what a perfect, like, little circuitous route to get to. Where, yep, it all checks out. Each step was one of my favorite things. Not as, an, as a mixture of inspiration and laziness. Yeah. Of kind of like, well, I don't want to do that. Oh, this works the best. Yeah. And that should be the most freeing thing about art. When you hear people, I can't write my book, so I'm going to go walk around. It's been months. Like, maybe this isn't the book for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it should be fun at some point. Right. I like that. And then as you're drawing it and it's coming together, I always would watch uh, Bob Ross, yeah. The Joy of Painting. And I, th- I think now it's on Netflix, which isn't yeah. as appealing to me because you is. can see the time left. 
And oh. for whatever reason, I start to get this anxiety of like, eh, I know it's, but w- sometimes I would just queue them up on YouTube and that's no different. You could see the time thing, but I would just kind of either have them on in the background or, and they're all at the time, I think were atypical. Some would be 10 minute chunks, some would be 25, but sure. just watching him in that like easygoing way. And I'm sure he'd painted the thing 10 times prior to taping it, but just being like, oops, we brought that down a little too far. Well, you know what? Let's make a little bank there. Right. Let's put some ripples in there. That's what I'm saying when, when you have answers. Mm-hmm. Everything, every finished piece is an answer to some some question. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, I think, uh, I'm probably not alone in this, where to me it's, oh, I envisioned it. I don't quite see it, but I know once I've made a mistake and therefore it's not what I see and is it even worth finishing now? Right. That That seems like something everyone deals with, but to you it's more like, Okay, well, it's not exactly what I imagined, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't ruin it. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you, yeah, yeah, I didn't draw it before and it has to look like that drawing. Yeah. It is what it is right now and it is what it is always. I love that. Damn it, that's good. So this is what the original question started as. Now that we've sidetracked twice. Okay. Beautifully so. <laughs> <laughs> You're drawing it. Is there a period of, okay, I got it sketched. I think it's going to be pretty good. Okay, I started inking it and man, it, I guess what you've created is a system of channels that spill into that's okay. Oh, I got to hear, didn't leave enough space for that's okay. And just change it. That's the most free. That that is so great. Cause then the question I was going to ask is irrelevant now, which was, do you get to a place where like, okay, I inked it. I scanned it. I did the color work. I created my films. I pulled it. I pulled all the colors and screened it. No mistakes. Ah, now I can breathe. Like it felt like I was pitching a perfect game the whole time. Right. That seems like it wouldn't be relevant to you. Right. Well, there's no end to the game. Mm-hmm. But when you're holding that print, isn't that kind of like the game is over? Crap. My these two colors didn't touch. My registration's off. I mixed this yeah. color poorly. Oh, I didn't do the eye right, so it doesn't look. The perspective's off. You know, you start seeing all the things. I've since I've started printing and drawing and stuff. It's always been such a a quantity issue where like I always have to be making more stuff mm-hmm. with meltdown. It was every week. And then I thought when meltdown ended, I would do like a poster a month and I just fucked up and now I do one a week again. Yeah. That's awesome though. It's cause nuts. that feeling I remember when it ended with you being like, did this just dry up? Did my ability right. to like contribute as an artist and financially support myself? Did that dry up? Am I going to have to go do something else? And I didn't know. Yeah, it's awesome. It's such a such a a limb that you were climbed out on. Yeah. Well, I guess. Well, what I was saying is that I never have enough time to really focus on if something was a success because mm-hmm. I'm already doing something else. Yeah. So if I'm not confident with my dismount, I'm like, I'll stick it on this one. You'll st- you'll what? I'll on stick this one? it on this. Like I'll stick the landing. Oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, boy, I really bungled the lettering on that, and that's why I think it didn't sell. I'm going to start with the lettering on this one. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Do you start to recognize, I mean, are you just guessing at all of them? You don't have a focus group that can say, it's the lettering. So how do you know? You I have just, people I trust. And they say, eh, this one's aesthetically unpleasing because the lettering. Yeah. Hmm. I run everything by my girlfriend who mm-hmm. has like no background in art, Yeah. but I trust her eye. Mm-hmm. And I always, I'll be like, what do you think of these colors? And she'll be like, mm, not into it. And I'm always like, I love the colors. <laughs> And then I'll change it. She'll be like, make it brighter. Like, it's not a droopy, moody poster. And I'll try something fun. And I'm like, oh, this rules. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I went to a place where I was comfortable with it. But now I went to a place where I'm excited about it. 
Night. Yeah, I mean, to me, I could never do it because too many options. Too Option many, paralysis. Yeah, absolutely. I would just be like, well, okay, I drew it. What is this now? What's this color at the tip of this horn? Yeah. What's the color moving into the, the middle of the nose between the eyes? It, on and on. I would just freak out. So every once in a while, I'll, while I'm doing color separations, I'll make all this all the layers completely different colors. Just, you know, red, bright red, bright green, bright blue. Just so that I can tell just where they're overlapping. Yeah. yeah. Just to see like what's right. Mm-hmm. And recently I realized I've turned in prints like that. <laughs> I've been like, here it is. Because I'm like, I got used to it looking like that. And yeah. I'm like, oh, wait, I guess that's one way to do it. Was I, I think it was the Harry Nilsson documentary. They used his song for uh, Midnight Cowboy. Everybody's talking at me. But it was just a placeholder. They were oh, like, really? Oh, yeah, they were like, eventually we'll get the song we want. But they just kept sliding that one in there. I think the record company had some affiliation with the production company. And well, we have license to Harry's work. Just throw it in there. And then it became one of the most synonymous. Like when you think of that movie poster, you think of that song. Or when you just think Whoa. of that, you know, Dustin Hoffman and John Voight. You think, everybody's talking. So I, I like when those huh. things happen. That's kind of apropos of nothing but kind of what you were talking about of like maybe there are no exact right answers right like oh it's got to be these colors it'll be perfect like all right let's screen them up and try those and do it again and it's the same poster yeah yeah i mean you'll see people release like five different color variants of a poster Mm -hmm. it's like clearly they didn't just love one yeah but then it does it become like george lucas's inability to say it's done i'm gonna go remaster it i'm gonna go redo the effects i'm gonna go change like well, then it ceases to be what it kind of originally was. Just let it exist in you this imperfect way. You should just go make another way. movie. Yeah, make another thing. Don't try to perfect something that's already done. Right. And then, oh, wait, 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 turn, turn back around. Unblow out those birthday candles. Right. I'm going to make the cake a little better. Like, yeah. we've seen it. The candles are out. Unblow out. <laughs> okay, I'll, we'll wind down here. We'll put the wheels down for old Dave Claus. What hard-hitting <laughs> questions can I give you? Um, say, I don't talk about me. I don't talk about the paintings. <laughs> Dave, what uh, what are you saying in this one here? Say in the future, there was an ability. I think we talked about this a while ago, just kind of jokingly, that access to everything at all moments could potentially exist in that syncing up our minds with computer ability to generate a file from it. So now you can think something up and now it's a JPEG and it's just right there. You can fiddle with the colors if you want and change borders, but you've just dreamed it up. Now, no one needs to know how to draw anymore. When do you feel about a world like that? Uh, I'd probably work out. You'd work out more? Yeah. You'd be buff? Yeah. Because you wouldn't be drawing all the time? Right. There'd be a world with a lot more fighting. What if someone who you had seen draw before, who was just an absolute chimp at it, uh, some, chimp or champ? Chimp. Okay. Like they just, were, they never got better. It was always. You know what's, what's funny about the difference there? Huh. AI. Boom. That's true. And we're taught, oh man, come on. That's not even a pun. That's just a clever connection of things. <laughs> I, it would bother me in a certain degree. I think that you should be, if someone could, oh, you know, dream up a beautiful violin solo and then have it played yep. and the world revered them. So, oh my God, this is so brilliant. And maybe that is a part of it. But I I like when it's the whole thing that like, yeah, some people can play violin, but they can't compose and make something beautiful. And some people can maybe write down the notes, but perhaps they can't play it. And I mean, what if a, a great composer broke his hands? Yeah, then it's different because they have proved themselves to a certain degree. Oh, okay. So I think there's like a, a certain element of like entry level 
credit. Yeah, okay. You you can do that now because you've proven that, like, I don't know why I have such a vested interest in, like, you know, earning your chops or paying your dues or things like that. But there's, isn't there something to that? If someone just jumped to the front of your field because technology was available, is that just the way we're always evolving anyway? Yeah. I mean, there's machines that do screen printing for you. Yeah. I haven't printed my stuff. Yeah. I'm not against it. There's yeah. still screen prints. Same amount of time went into the drawing. Yeah, man, that is, oh, I guess I, film used to be tough. Get into it. You got to own a camera. You got to know how these things. And now people just with a device in their pocket can edit, color correct, add soundtrack, make a whole film. All these things that you used to have to like go in and cut actual 35 millimeter film right. and scotch tape it and none of that. And so maybe the old purists be like, ah, it shouldn't be so readily available, but I get it because it would be weird if suddenly everyone was just turning in screen prints. Like, here's this one. Like, but you just thought it up and then a computer sent it to a print shop and they right. printed five colors. It looks cool, but you did no work. In a world that could do that, there would be no imagination. Or unlimited imagination. Where would the threshold be? Would, we, would people just be going? You and I would probably get infatuated with it for a day or two. I thought of this. Oh my God, I'm holding five colors on beautiful paper. I yeah. just thought of it. Another, 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 until you just go. Uh, eh, I'm going to go on a bike ride. Yeah. And is, that the, is that what we're in right now? Are we in this cresting wave that is unlimited content, music, movies, comedy, Man, et cetera? Think about it. Like an old magician's poster. You know, those gorgeous magician yeah. posters from like the 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. What if you told them, I know a guy who's never going to get dressed up and he can have all of his prints done in six days. <laughs> yeah. And he has no lung defects from working in that shop. Yeah, because they, what did they, how did the hell they, because some of them are like six feet by four feet. They're enormous. Right. And they're gorgeous. And those people probably worked months and months and months on them. Mm-hmm. And I can do it in a room in my house in six days. They would be like, that's heresy. Like, <laughs> no, you're a wizard. Yeah. That, then that. Maybe I'm, I'm be, I always jump to the doomsday aspect of it, which mm-hmm. to me seems like it would be right now more than ever. People like on Instagram, et cetera, zero talent in my opinion, a lot of time, but mm-hmm. a zeal, a zest, an enthusiasm for sharing and making in a way where I feel just like it's the quantity of it that is having some appeal, but the value of it is virtually zero to me, I would suppose, or to the overall, um, contribution on the artistic landscape so to speak but does everything have to be art if people are just dreaming up prints or thinking up movies and suddenly they exist and and getting into really advanced would it then be people like we were just talking about like i'm gonna go take a bike ride i'm gonna just go be alive and be a human and realize that this sort of arms race with creativity and talent was it was nothing that's so disheartening sorry (laughs) (laughs) but you don't feel that way do you uh, I don't know. Nothing makes me more invested in cinema than seeing YouTube stars. Really? Yeah, seeing other people do it right, mm-hmm. and then seeing a YouTube star like, watch me eat a grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, ooh, I'm going to go pay for a movie right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I really, because I think everyone now has more familiarity with, maybe through things like podcasts or documentaries or what you know, you have a familiarity with like, what camera do they shoot that on? Like, why would you even ask that? You've never, <laughs> you've no idea what that camera does. You just know the name of it. Right. Oh, how does it, how does it, what's the, the sensor like inside and how does it blah, blah, blah. You don't know any of that crap. Right. But still feeling like, oh, I, I see what the DP did here. What? I have no idea. 
but the ability to look and see that things are pretty still and know that people can do them still good thinking about like ansel adams going out that's probably a cliche kind of thing to bring up but you go shoot it you wait for the right exact time you set your aperture and shutter speed and then and you pack it up and you head on home and go boy i hope i got that that was the most beautiful sunset i've ever seen well he's half done he's got to go develop it that's what i mean you're just packing it along with no knowledge of what you might have just done hiking miles carrying all this heavy gear and you don't get to like shake it out and look and go awesome let's take another one right you pack up all your crap and head back home and then develop it and go i did it that that's how it all should be to me i think it should all be difficult to weed out the youtube <laughs> it should all stuff be difficult there's too many people for everything to be difficult yeah true and there's too much incentive for people who who creates the easiness the ease of it is it the people who can't do it or the people that can do it and say everyone should be able to do this and it should be easier for them to do it the people who couldn't do it that then help then then make the technology to make it to lower the bar for everyone else but would it be benevolence if you say like you just talked about helping that kid that's 20 helping him out say he was like you know someone that couldn't draw and you said i'm helping you out one further i've seen what you like you know you just have a collage on your website of images you like it sounds like if you had the ability to make them that's what you would make so i have designed technology that allows you to just think stuff up so you that benevolence is in that same vein maybe i don't know I reached out to him because he is terrifyingly talented and was genuinely nice. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why would I not talk to this guy? Where is he from? I don't really know. I know he's going to school, I think, in Savannah. Okay. But I think he might be from the Pittsburgh area. I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm just making stuff up at this point. Yeah. But he, so his work looks a lot like a guy named Aaron Horky, who is the gold standard for gig post illustration. In my opinion, for like hyper detailed. Yeah. Like even his lettering is too detailed to read. (laughs) But he's never made anything that isn't sold out. Man, is that what you want to get to? No. What? I mean, that'd be nice. Where do you want to get to? I don't know. Come on, Dave. I really don't know. I'm not withholding. Okay, fair enough. Um, But I've seen Aaron Horky's work at 20. And this guy is there or beyond. What's your work at 20 look like? I was in art school. I wasn't drawing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing? Performance art. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me- medical art, then to performance but art. medical art never took off. Yeah. I applied to art school saying that that's what I wanted my concentration to be, and then that department closed. Oh. Yeah. That sucks, man. Yeah. Well, it's worked out well otherwise. Any uh, closing thoughts? Hockey. <laughs> the word hockey <laughs> oh that story came up on here a while ago i was telling uh, ryan stout about how you were at the weird owl concert wearing your hockey jacket and then i forgot the guy's name tad dowd tad dowd who helped out Al, weird Al's career more than anybody such a cool story isn't that amazing yeah i love it just that you like hockey and it yeah. whew, your jacket say hockey on it <laughs> yeah you know i got i got my boy i got my boy jim dowd into hockey <laughs> All right. I'm going to stop asking this question on the podcast, but I'm fascinated by people's reasoning or logic as they work through it, but it's always the same. But there's a button, and by pressing this button, you will remove humans from planet Earth, nothing else, and they feel no pain. They just disappear. They go wherever they're going to go, which we don't know at this point, but whatever that is happens. Would you push it? Yeah. You Really? Uh-huh. You'd push the button? Uh-huh. Why? I think the Earth, which has more living things than there are humans. Mm-hmm. 
uh, could possibly salvage itself and get back to a fully functioning cycle. That was that's the, always the pro case that I make up that like the elephants would appreciate it, things like that. We Having, haven't been here long, and we've ruined it. But don't you think it'll survive us? Maybe not. Yeah, I, I, I it's refreshing to hear because people say, "No, of course I wouldn't push the button," and anyone that says they would push it is you know full of it or whatever. Which I feel like I don't know. I think there are people that would genuinely feel bad, obviously for their loved ones, for people that are enjoying life, but for the planet at large be like it's just too much we are just too overbearing we're too out of control right there's so many more ants in la than there are humans on earth mm-hmm. and we're ruining it for everything that's alive they keep living though ants rats cockroaches Man, you can't say everything no no, no. a big uh, charismatic megafauna yeah they're going away we're, <laughs> we're killing the big guys yeah you know we just we're losing the last last white rhino i think yeah we're alive at a time where we can get real-time updates and go, that's it. No more Bengal tigers. Right. Damn. Ah, oh, I was hoping they'd pull through. And then we just move on with our day. We just yeah. go, no more tigers. All right. Right. That's weird. Yeah, something you saw just at a zoo for fun doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, the, the whole notion of it, the, the DNA that makes up its whole composition is no longer in circulation. It's they, a courtroom sketch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was what? It had stripes where? <laughs> it was like my cat how? I'll show you. That's too big. That didn't exist. I promise it existed. It, it was real. You're lying. You're gaslighting me. Where did it me. go? Well, we killed them. Why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you get into the whole, can, can you trust history and who's lying and, man, and it's just manipulation and people would say, that was never real. The fact that people can deny things like the Holocaust, they could sure deny there were no tigers. It's never right. real. They just that's that's a conspiracy to make you feel bad for riding your dirt bike. Right. Get out there, have fun. Pretty cool. And with that, yeah, those people are the reason. You you go Holocaust deniers. I'm running towards that button. <laughs> Give me the button. <laughs> this is good to hear because I I feel like that's typically the side I lean on more. But people on the show when I ask that question make compelling cases as to why no you couldn't. And and I. It, it has some value in that like that you wouldn't push the button means that you have to accept all this stuff, all the terrible things and just say, ah, and trade it all for the ability to keep seeing how it plays out. And then collectively, I suppose that's all we're kind of doing, even though we feel bad about it, but that carries no weight with the animals that go away. They don't go, well, no more of my kind, but at least you kind of felt bad from time to time. I mean, think about how far we are from being able to save the planet. And we just, it's like headline news that a couple of counties are getting rid of straws. Yep getting stuck in those turtles noses man i when i see a bunch of people just pulling out straws and using them now i feel terrible right i hate straws <laughs> give me that button ah <laughs> uh, good to hear well this I'll is throw I, my I, firstborn at the button <laughs> <laughs> this is I, I wish i had a running board that i could reveal behind one of these uh sound barriers like it's now one yes and you could go back 20 knows. Yeah, I probably could. Hopefully someone's going to catalog. You could. <laughs> I certainly am not going. I don't have You could case. skip to the end of every episode. That's true. That is true. Maybe I'll ask you after the word for uh, any music I should be on the up and up and know about to play us out. Unless you have one off the top of your head. What kind of vibe? Something that people don't know about. Like a band that's small enough that if they heard it, they'd say, hey, thanks for playing our stuff. As opposed to, we're going to sue you. 
someone that needs the exposure as opposed to like, hey, you didn't license that from us, that kind of thing. You want to shine a little light on those that... I know, although this is not it, but I've recently gotten real, real back into Queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that won't be not it. Not the same thing? No, that's a little too big. Think it more like if you go to YouTube, they would have under 50,000 views. I Karate. It's always karate. Karate. I listen to karate every day, have since 2002. Okay. Check out some karate. See if that fits our There's vibe. so many bands with the word karate in them. This mm-hmm. is the only one that's just karate. Just karate. Uh-huh. And that was available when they started as a band? Yeah. Whew. Lazy groups out there kicking themselves. Why do we call ourselves flesh cats? <laughs> uh, all right. Dave Clock, always a pleasure, my friend. Always. Come back and do it again sometime. I'll probably see you in less than a week. Yeah. Two Daves. Great. Two days. Tuesdays are two days. How do we not hype that up? <laughs> we didn't talk about it. I'll probably say it at the beginning when I'm introing it okay. that um, you're someone I talk with quite frequently because we do Tuesdays with two Daves. If you're ever in LA and want to come grab lunch with two Daves, get in touch. You can't be a Dave because we don't have a joke for three. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so achingly close to Thursdays, but it won't fly. Third Daves. Thursdays with third Daves. <laughs> yeah. All, all right. right. If you're, you're in, in town on a Thursday... <laughs> You're invited, but just by the skin of your teeth. If you want to have fried chicken with us, come on Friday to Fried Dave's. Right. <laughs> okay. And if you are a Tibetan monk, come on Monday. If it's nice out, join us for Sundays. <laughs> or if you have a son and his name is Dave, also Sundays. Well, we've only got a couple left. <laughs> <laughs> just cut it. <laughs> Uh, due to uh, numerous requests, this show has ended abruptly before wedding day and Nintendo Entertainment System marriages. Wedness, Dave. <laughs> and then if you sat on something weird and or prefer. I was going to say Saturn, Dave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you have a planet shirt. Oh, wait. If you're more depressed than Dave, than Huntsberger and I. Oh, yeah. Saturn, Dave. Yeah. And I... <laughs> well done, David. See ya, buddy. See ya. Well, if you haven't checked out Dave Clock by now, you're just not going to do it, but I couldn't recommend it more. Dave Clock on Instagram. And yeah, if you're ever in town and check out Two Daves, or as he mentioned, I think afterward, or no, he said it during, Saturdays. If you're sadder than most people, come to Saturdays. There's one for every day of the week. Weddings Daves, um, whatever. And apologies to those of you not named Dave. You're probably still invited as well if you want to come hang out and chit-chat with us and have more... Uh, stimulating pun talk as we try to figure out a name for every day of the week for our getting together and enjoying lunch. But Dave is an inspiring figure and just that he's so ridiculously humble and phenomenally good at what he does. It's um, He's one of those people that you're like, anyone that he knows and likes must be a good person. And you want people like that in your life. Dave is, he's a good one. In fact, a great one. And... I'm surprised he would push the button, but not surprised. I think it's um, it's kind of refreshing. I don't know how you've thought about that. It, I almost abandoned that question because so many people so often are like, no, of course not, that I thought, oh, maybe this is just um, an insane thing to ask people. So we've got one on the board for a yes. Who knows if, if more will roll in down the road. We will see. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the chat about art a little bit and and seeing into the mind of a creative person. I I think there's value in that just as much as knowing about the universe and and chatting with scientists and all that, which I love as well. 
but I also like um, people that are dealing in the more ephemeral, ethereal uh, aspects of life, figuring out how to how to make those work and how do they appeal and why do they appeal and there's just something to it we can just see it and go that is good I don't know why but we all is it the time put in not necessarily is it the idea behind it on and on but I've talked well enough for for your ears for, <laughs> for this week so I'll leave you thanks for write, uh, writing yeah sure those of you who've written in thanks for writing in thanks to uh those of you who support the show on Patreon, and I say this every week, but the rating and reviewing, subscribing, any of those little metrics that they get the show out there. It's a quiet little show that lives burrowed in the recesses of the podcasting landscape. You got to go flip over some rocks to find it. But I'm glad those of you who did flip over the rocks have chosen to come back from time to time and glad you like the show. So thanks again for uh, supporting it. And here's some music from Karate in honor of Dave. Thanks for stopping by the Space Cave. Gloves hold you in Accessorize Corners of sin And potential crimes The cold scolds your chin Draws some salt from an eye But even the wind Can't get much of a ride How long will it take you To wanna go home how long will it take you to learn there is none? You were a sister, a daughter, just what was your role? In a family now scored with stitches and holes, stitches and holes, stitches and Rain is coming faster Whoa.